Hello and welcome to River Talk, where we sit down with some of the Rivertown area's most notable and interesting people. Today we are speaking with Ms. Casey Marabito-Grion, a uh, radio broadcaster, a podcast host, and many, many other things. She wears many hats. Ms. Grion, welcome to my studio. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. So there's a lot to talk about. So Let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, you've you've been uh, with WHUD here in the area for uh, quite a while. You're well known mm-hmm. to many listeners. Tell me how that got started. How uh, broadcasting became a part of your life? It was like a happy, beautiful accident. I was going to school for journalism and media. And uh, that was at Mercy College. So I was taking my writing courses and all like that. And then I was taking a, um, a radio course at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. And I was waiting tables, right? All of this is happening at once. And I'm waiting tables here in Peekskill. The restaurant was called Jeremiah's. And the, the uh, dishwasher in the kitchen, this young man, high school kid, starts like just jumping up and down. He's like, do you know who that is at table one? And I'm like, yes, that's Jerry Berger, well done, Coke, no ice, lettuce and tomato on the side. <laughs> He's here every Sunday night. And, and Jimmy in the kitchen was like, no, that's Jerry Desmond. He's the morning man for WLNA, which is WHUD's sister station, WLNA. He covers all the high school sports and the athlete of the week. And, and of course, Jimmy would know this because he was like the star athlete of Hendrick Hudson High School. He was so excited. And he said, you have to go introduce yourself, which is something I would have done never in a million years. But I couldn't go back in the kitchen and face this kid without saying hello to Mr. Desmond. So I introduced myself, and he didn't want to be disturbed. He was enjoying his Sunday dinner. But he said, if you're serious about radio, here's the address to the radio station. Meet me there tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. And I showed up. And he gave me an internship that lasted three months. The day that ended, they hired me. That lasted seven years. I did everything on WLNA very, very poorly, I might add. Uh, But eventually, they kicked me across the hall to WHUD, where, except for a year where I went to Light FM in New York City to work weekends and part-time, I have been at WHUD ever since. Crazy. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Jimmy uh, is Jimmy McHale, whose family owned J.P. McHale Pest Management. That's the, built, the business he grew up in. And every time I see him, I thank him because I don't know what I would do if he didn't get so excited that night in <laughs> Jeremiah's restaurant. It is funny the way life works mm-hmm. out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've been with WHUD for a while, and um, eventually you kind of spun your broadcasting life into a podcast. Right. Uh, tell me how that came about. Well, I went to see Oprah Winfrey for a weekend you know, one of her inspirational weekends, and I came back with an attitude. (laughs) Hands on my hip in the hallway talking to the program director, and I said, you know, Steve, I want to talk about the kind of things that women want to talk about. I want to talk about health and happiness and wellness. And he said, that's a great idea. Why don't you do a show on Sunday mornings? (laughs) I laughed because, to myself, lesson number one, ask the question. 
right? Instead of like, I had spent years thinking, oh, I wish I could talk about, you know, things that I really love. All the books piled up to my, you know, up the wall in my bedroom that I read every night. I'd like to talk about that stuff. And he was like, sure, that's a great idea. Go ahead. So that was 12 years ago. And that just spun my life out of control. I mean, in a beautiful way. I started an online Facebook group for women. It's called the Circle of Women. I started to do um, women's retreats, weekend seminars. I became a Reiki healer. I I became a life coach. I'm trying to think of all those things. Like I spun out in this health and wellness direction. And uh, and then I turned around and I was like, wow, I've got this foundation under me of, of powerful women and uh, around me, I should say. And um, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the thing that led me to um, starting a foundation. We were on this Facebook group, a circle of women, and there's also another group, a circle of prayer, and we were always supporting each other. And finally, one night, one woman said, you know, this is wonderful, we'll pray for this family that needs our help, but we could do so much more. We've got doctors and lawyers and and every other thing in this uh, circle of ours. What can we actually do to help? And that's when I said, well, if I had a real foundation under me, we could help. You know, we could help in practical ways. And so we did that. I remember that night reading that text or that Facebook message, like, what else could we do? And um, my husband was behind me. I was at the computer, and he was behind me watching TV. And I said, honey, I'm going to start a nonprofit. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I went over to LegalZoom and I started a nonprofit. That's great. Yeah. So so tell me about these online communities. Um, Obviously, it's, you know, it's especially during COVID, you know, people have formed a lot of online communities where they support each other. Tell me specifically about yours and, and the stuff that's, that's come out of these collaborations. A circle of women, which everyone is welcome to join, if you're a woman. I think about changing it to a circle of people, but I got enough going on right now. <laughs> um, when I started to do weekend retreats, I started the page to let our group know where the next retreat would be or what the next event would be. And then other people started to post their events And I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. Now we're growing a real community. And uh, from there, it just became this place of positivity, this place of empowerment. And I swear, of all the things I've done in my life, this little Facebook group gives me so much joy. Because I didn't do it. I opened the page. And the women came flooding in. And to see how strangers support each other and pep each other up and care for each other, and uh, it's just so beautiful. So that's a circle of women. And then people were putting, like, prayer requests on there, and I'm like, I'm not sure everybody's on the same spiritual page, so I'm going to spin off and do a circle of prayer for the people who really, you know, want that. And now both of them are they're little miracle makers, these two pages. They really are. And that's all they are. They're Facebook pages, groups, communities. And I don't know all the women on there, you know, a handful, you know, but I watch beautiful things happen every day. It's so cool. And thank goodness for something like that during COVID, where we got to lift each other up. And it's also a safe place, like nothing that you post there can be shared. 
it's private. So if somebody's having a bad day, they can say, I am having a bad day. And then you just watch like 500 women jump on and, and give them their best advice or their support or just, you know, they're, I'm here for you. Oh, I love it. I love it <laughs> so much. That's really wonderful. Yeah, so cool. uh, obviously this inspired your nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, Let It Shine, which has so many facets. Yeah. Uh, there's a farmer's market, there's a uh, thrift uh, exchange, there's uh, uh, weekend retreats, um, there's a food pantry. Right. Uh, tell me about all of that. And, and you know, you've, you've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. As and they say. all of them, happy accidents. Like, I didn't set out to do any of these things, honestly. Um, the food pantry was sort of a, it's sort of an out there story, but I'm going to share it. In December of 2018, I had a kitten. She's a big girl cat now, but she was a kitten then, and she hopped over the neighbor's fence. And I had to put my coat on. It was one of those winter days where the sky is so blue. You know, that December blue, 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 and not a cloud in the sky. And I have three pugs, so I'm always out in nature, but always with three leashes. This day, I had to go into the neighbor's yard, and on this beautiful winter day with the blue sky, I found myself alone in nature, and it was like trippy. I looked down at my hands like, I don't have leashes. This is so cool. I'm in nature on this beautiful day, and I looked up at the sky and said, hi, God, which is just how I relate to all of nature. And then I had a second thought, like, and I looked up again and said, need me to do anything? Like, I'm just being silly and giddy and enjoying life. I scooped up my kit and I came back inside. I picked up the phone and I called my sister. And this is the trippy part. I said, Maria, do you think we should open a food pantry? And she said, that's a great idea. Now the two trippy things here are, I don't remember having the thought before I said it. Like I, it was just like something came over me. And the second thing is if you ever meet my sister, She has never told me I had a great idea in my entire life. (laughs) So for her to say, that's a great idea, and that was the easiest thing ever. I called Mount Carmel Hall in Verplank, where I grew up. They're a nonprofit, and they had a basement. And I'm like, hey, guys, can I open a food pantry in your basement? And they're like, yeah, that's great. Go right ahead. And I posted on Facebook. This all happened in one day. I posted on Facebook, pack the pantry, January 1st, meet us at Mount Carmel Hall, pack the pantry. And the community showed up, and just telling you this, I get like so anxious all over again. And they just brought food, and they brought food, and they brought food, and they brought food, and they brought paper goods, and it's a mountain, and it's filling up the basement of Mount Carmel Hall, and I'm in the corner literally stuttering. I couldn't make a sentence. I don't know how to run a food pantry. What the heck? I was like completely overwhelmed. Like, what is happening here? But then a group of women stayed and they fought. They really did. Like, we should do this and we should do that. And I remember somebody saying, we need rules. And somebody else saying, we can't make rules. We don't know what we're doing. And I kept dusting. Like, I'll just keep dusting you know, around the room. I couldn't even participate. But at the end of this afternoon, those women divided the food up into different piles and, you know, and we had a food pantry. And we opened the following week to six families and the next week, eight families. And I thought, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll just pack it all up and bring it over to Fred's food pantry in Peekskill. And then by the third week, 
Now we're in double digits. And in, in a year later, it was COVID. And we're serving 125 families a week, trunk service. So I had no idea what I was doing, which was great. But I really do think there was some other force of nature at work here that um, I just got out of the way. And, and, and then um, now I'm responsible for this operation. And you just you do anything you can do to make it work. And that's what we did. We did anything we could do to make it work. Then we outgrew the basement. <laughs> and um, by now, I have my own nonprofit, which I didn't, the two weren't even connected. But then it just became so obvious, like, we need to put the pantry under the Let It Shine umbrella. And we need to move out of the basement because we're too big now. And the town of Cortland offered us a building um, right around the block from where we were. And here's the wacky thing. When I opened the food pantry, I said to my sister, you know, it'd be great. Let, we should have like a thrift store. And then the thrift store would pay the food bill. And we just always kept th thinking like, how could we make that happen? Where could we put a thrift store? And you know, crazy talk. Town of Cortland offers us a building with an upstairs. And in, in, an, in an afternoon, now I have a food pantry and a thrift store. We're not in the building yet a year in the new place, and the thrift store is not yet a year old, and it's working. Thrift store pays the food bill. But here's, I gotta tell you about the food pantry. I mean, the, the, the farmer's market. You don't mind? Of course, that's why we're here. During the worst days of COVID. Uh, so March, right? Uh, March of 2020, April, May, June. Nobody's leaving the house, right? It's hot. We're getting like a 2,000 pound delivery of food from Feeding Westchester. And at this point, it's just me and my sister and another pair of sisters, the Margiata sisters, Amanda and Alyssa. It's just the four of us running the whole operation because I sent all the other volunteers home because it's COVID. Um, we are hauling, you know, thousands of pounds of food off a truck into a basement, up the stairs, down the stairs, up the stairs, down the stairs. My sister says, I wish we could just leave it here in the parking lot like a farmer's market. And I was like, no, we can't do that. But I wonder if we could have a farmer's market. So I uh, make a few phone calls. The baseball field right there was empty because there's no baseball because it's COVID. And I was on Father's Day of 2020, I opened a market. And there were local growers and local bakers and local makers. And I just wanted people to get out of the house. And I just wanted the people that I serve at the pantry to have a reason to go outside. And it took off. It was a pandemic project. Then we outgrew the basement. It was time to move. Town of Cortland says you can have this building. Oh, I can have a thrift store. And then Town of Cortland says, and why don't you move your market to the riverfront? And now I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't even want to have a market. Now I'm in charge of a market. So I'm in charge of a market because it, the market wanted to be born. And now we're in this gorgeous, pristine park on the Hudson in Verplank, Cortland uh, Waterfront Park. People didn't even know it was there. And we, every Sunday now, we just finished our first season. We're about to start a second season, um, May to through October. On Sunday, we have a market. And that's, oh, now I'm learning how to run a market. 
Well, uh, one of the interesting things about this story is that it seems like you have really just kind of learned all of this as you went along. It, a lot of this uh, presumably was out of your skill set. Oh, completely. And, and uh, you know, was was it stuff that you had to teach yourself? Did you have to rely on the, the people around you who maybe had the skills that you didn't? All of that. But you know what I think the magic sauce was? Um, radio makes you humble and teaches you how to fail with grace. So I was fearless. I've been on the radio my whole life. I have made so many mistakes. And in the early days, it used to like send me to my bed, really. Like I would make mistakes and like go home and knock it out of bed. I would be so mortified and embarrassed. And I realized if I had to survive in this career, I had to get thick skinned and get over myself. And when you do that, when you make that leap, and it's like, I'm gonna try stuff, and if I fail, that's okay. I'm really good at failing, <laughs> you know? I'm almost like a professional failer. Um, and when you have that attitude, nothing's a failure. You know what I mean? So even when I didn't get it right at the market and I didn't get it right at the pantry, I just keep going at it till I figure it out. So, and the people around me figure it out. And, and you can ask my volunteers, like, they'll ask me a question, like, what do you think I should do with this? And I'll say, well, what does your heart say? <laughs> I want to know what everybody's heart says. And, you know, that's how we take a consensus. Yeah. I don't want to know what you think makes sense. I want to know what your heart says. And sort of that's how everything works. And so far, it's working out okay. Yeah. I, I, the world would probably be a better place if most people uh, thought like that. Well, if most people were humiliated as many times as us <laughs> on the radio, this is it's great training. It really is great training. Well, speaking of the radio, let's uh, go back uh, to your, your podcast, mm -hmm. um, Shine On. Um, now, you have, like myself, although you've uh, recorded, I believe, over 600 episodes, mm -hmm. but uh, you've also sat down with some pretty uh, interesting people. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about the, the people you've spoken with and, and the kind of stuff you've learned through those oh, conversations. Oh, man. Um, most of it. Most of it is sort of spiritual stuff. So like Marianne Williamson, who speaks a lot about A Course in Miracles. Do you know who that is? Probably. I've heard the name. Yeah, she ran for president or something. She tried, yes, yes, <laughs> she yes, yes. Now, now it rings a bell. And she had a few good ideas, like to have a, a um, what did she want, a, a secretary of peace? You know, I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I'd like that job. <laughs> um, so, so Marianne Williamson, she's been on a bunch of times, you know, talking about her books. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, right? And she also wrote a bunch of other spiritual books. She's been on a bunch of times. Thomas More, Care of the Soul. Um, every, every week I'm blown away. Just last week I spoke to this guy. You have to read this book, it's so fantastic. <laughs> you don't have to read it, but this is what I say all the time. Like, I just read this book, you have to read it. Um, I think he's a professor at Columbia and he just wrote a book about addiction and it's called The Urge. These people like change my life. He writes basically this huge book about the history of addiction and says, really, addiction is just part of life. It's just, it's been with us forever and it's just a way some people cope. 
And I was like, dang, like it makes my head bigger. Like I'm going to open up my head and, and let that float around. You know, he like destigmatized it in the sentence. I can't remember his name. He had three names, but <laughs> I can Google that. Um, anyway, so uh, it's like every week I speak to people uh, and I learn from them. You know, that's what my podcast is about. It's about, this is what I want to learn. And that's what my circle of women is about, too. It's like, this is the support I need. So the market was like, I need to be outside in the sunshine. I need to give that to other people. Everything that I create, in air quotes, it's for me, kind of, you know? It's coming out of me. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, podcast is super cool. I wish I could remember everyone's name. <laughs> well, with but, 600 episodes, I, I, I don't blame you for not. And my girlfriend just texted me on the way here. She says, look what I got. I got these vitamins that you were talking about in your last uh, podcast. And I'm like, I was talking about vitamins in my last, I don't even remember. Because <laughs> that was like last week, you know. Um, but that was the, the wheat belly guy. Uh, the guy that wrote the Wheat Belly book. Anyway, so it's a lot about health and happiness. So we call it Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. And the shine and shine on and the shine and let it shine all come from the song and we all shine on, like the sun and the moon and the stars. Like I have that on my bracelet. My sister has it on her bracelet and our cousin has it on her bracelet and we're like the trio from the, from the foundation. So that's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> That's great. So uh, through all of all of this, through uh, the foundation, through the farmers market, through your podcast, what what is the what are some of the things that you want to share? Like what what is what is your philosophy? Oh man, <laughs> if that's, that's too a big of a question, question. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. And here it is, because I've just. I've just, it just makes sense to me now. At the market, at the pantry, at the thrift store, we prepare everything with love and beauty. Love and beauty, love and beauty, love and beauty. And then we, the people, the volunteers, get out of the way. When people walk into our market, now it feels like a little festival. It's real pretty, you know, the way it's all, well, it's on the gorgeous Hudson, but the way we've found a way to put the tents in a certain way, you feel like you're walking through a little mini festival. Feels good. When you come into the pantry, you wouldn't know it was a pantry. It looks like the neighborhood supermarket. The, the shelves are pristine, all the labels facing out, everything's stacked so beautifully, so inviting. Um, upstairs at the thrift store, same way. You feel like you're in somebody's home. And it's like, oh, here's the living room, and here's the kitchen, and here's the, it, like we've created little areas for people to just see all the beautiful things we have. And everything we have is very inexpensive, but you cannot find a nick, a scratch, anything. Not even any dust. Like everything is beautiful. Our gift, the Let It Shine gift, is pouring love into the presentation and then letting getting out of the way and watching people's spirits lift. It has nothing to do with us. It's about them. So I guess if I, my philosophy is uh, give love. Give love. Give love sneakily. <laughs> sneakily. Our tagline is gather love, give love. 
you know? So it's, and uh, we don't ever call attention. I mean, this is, I'm pretty much calling attention to myself, but <laughs> the foundation doesn't. Like, we do good things all the time. You'll never know about it. Um, and we're really good with that, you know? So that's what it is. Give love very quietly. <laughs> Well, I am, I am honored to be able to give some attention to your foundation and, and all the good work that, that you do. Casey, thank you. thank you so much for speaking with me today. This has been absolutely wonderful. I had a great time. Thank you. To find out more about Let It Shine, the pantry at the museum, the Let It Shine Again thrift boutique, and the market on the river, visit letitshineonline.com. For more information on Casey, check out her website at Casey's Place, K-A-C-E-Y-S Place.com. River Talk is a production of Rivertown's Media, publishers of the River Journal and River Journal North. For more information, check out riverjournalonline.com slash rivertalk. Do you know someone from the area who would make a great guest on our show? Let us know at rivertalk at rivertownsmedia.com. River Talk is executive produced by Alan Begun and Bruce Apar of Rivertowns Media. I'm Christian Larson, and I'll see you next time.